0: Merry Christmas again church. Wow we just sang this song that was like lifting off the rooftop you guys like ah good morning. uh." Good morning and Merry Christmas to you church. That's a little bit better. Hey church just look around for a moment man I love how filled this place is in this moment and just looking at how we might have to go to two services coming up in the new year as well. Let's praise God for a good Sunday. Well, my name is Andrew, and I'm the lead pastor here at Coastal Church in Chesapeake. Now, some of you guys have maybe wondered why you have these name tags written around here, okay? I want you to take that out. It should be maybe near you somewhere, maybe on the floor at this point, or maybe you're sitting on top of it. But what I want you to do right now, okay, I want you to write your name on the bottom part of that name tag, okay? Leave the top one blank, but write your name on the bottom part of that name tag. And parents, you can help your kids with that as well, but write your name right there, okay? Your real name, all right? Let me put in some fake name or maybe your cousin's name. If you're witness protection right now, I get it if you have to write a different name, but write down your name on the bottom of that name tag and leave the top one blank, okay? And then while you're doing that, there's something about a name. There's something about a name that helps you actually know who someone is helps you remember them, helps you even identify them. In fact, I'm gonna show you up on the screen a couple of pictures of people, and I want you to see if you know who they are, remember who they are, shout out their name, okay? So here's the first person right here. Okay, I don't know if it's my age, but I don't understand why Taylor Swift is in my literal news feed, in my social media news feed, I don't know why so many people are talking about her. The only song I know from her is something about shaking something off. Like, I don't get it, okay? Now, here's, a, here's someone who's a little more Christmassy. Let me see if you know who this person is. I've also been saying this every year, I think, for the past three years. Can we stop with the all I want for Christmas, Okay. Look, I don't know if any of you guys work for Apple or Google or Spotify, but if you can somehow get in there and delete that album from the records, like, I will give you whatever you want. If I hear that song one more time, I'm going to skin my cat. Like, I'm going to hurt somebody. Like, I can't stand that song anymore. Okay, okay, all right, all right. All right, one more, one more. Um, How about this person right here? Yeah, again, I don't know why the Grinch is so popular this year. I feel like I've been driving through neighborhoods and everyone has a little Grinch in their yard, yanking off all the Christmas lights. I don't know why he's so popular this year. But again, like you see someone, you know their name. A name helps you remember who they are. It helps you know who they are. It even helps you know what it is that they've done. Today, church, I want to share with you the name that is above every other name. That if you know who he is, it will change your life, even your destiny for eternity. And if you remember who he is, no matter what season of life you find yourself in, you will actually have real hope and real peace and real justice in this name. Come on, right out the gate, I want to ask you, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? And then if you do, do you remember who he is? Look, the title of this Christmas Eve morning message is What's in a Name? And for those of you who are regular attenders, you know over the past few weeks we've been in a series called Unlikely Family Tree. All this month we've been looking at the genealogy of Jesus. And a genealogy really is just a family record, usually that was painstakingly kept, that was used to trace the family history all the way back to an intended claim or inheritance or family name, or even a title. The genealogy of Jesus is often skipped past in the first, uh, first chapter of the book of Matthew. It's usually skipped over because a lot of times it looks like it's just a bunch of random names that have been listed. But in those names, man, the Bible shows us that God, in His sovereignty and even His intentionality, had each one of these names written down in His Word, the Bible to show us that this covenant thread of salvation that God has been working ever since sin entered into the world would be fulfilled in Christ. This genealogy church, look, it's one that shows us from the beginning that it's Jesus who will come, will make salvation and grace available to everyone. The genealogy of Jesus really does show us, look, the depths of our sin, but man, it shows us how much further God will go to reach us with his grace. There's no one, there's no one who's too far from the grace of God. Today in Matthew chapter one, we're going to read a list of names that we have covered so far in this series. And you can go back and look at any of those names if you want, but we're going to focus on one name today. But it's going to read the list of names here in Jesus' genealogy that we've covered so far, starting in Matthew chapter one, verse one. It says, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob. Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez the father of Hezron. Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Aminadab. And Aminadab the father of Nishan, Nishan the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab. And Boaz, the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, Jesse, the father of David, the king, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah. Then in verse 15, Eliad, the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer, the father of Mathon, Mathon the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. And in verse 18, it says, now the birth of Jesus Christ When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. Church, today I want to show you what's in a name. In the name of Jesus. And I just want to ask you again, do you know him? And if you do, do you remember just how powerful this name is? But first, let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, would you break our hearts for what breaks yours? God, your kingdom come. Your will be done. God, your kingdom come, even if that means, Lord, you have to tear down our kingdom. God, we want your kingdom to come, your will to be done. God, I pray for the person in here who does not know you. God I pray, even though they don't know yet, I pray that this Christmas will be one that is marked where they know the one who is above every other name, where they would know the one that came to save. And for the person here who does know you, God, and maybe they're in a season right now where they have forgotten who you are, they've walked away from you, or maybe God they think that you abandoned them. God, I pray that they would remember that the gospel wasn't just for a moment, but for every moment. God, I pray that they will remember that even today you have not left them, but Lord, you are right here with them. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, for those of you who are maybe brand new to Coastal or maybe you're not used to being here on a Sunday morning, we give out these little bulletins right here with these fill in the blanks so you can follow along with the sermon. So come on, even on Christmas Eve, you have some fill in the blanks to go along and follow along with the sermon with. But before I give you the first blank to fill out on this, look back at Matthew chapter one in verse 20 and look what it says here about this name. It says, but as Joseph considered these things, it says, Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Do not fear to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, she will bear a son, and you shall, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Church, what's in the name? Number one, write this down. The name Jesus means God saves. It means God saves. You know, sometimes people will say the Bible is hard to understand. But right here, the angel's announcement and Matthew recording this makes it so crystal clear what the name of Jesus actually means. The angel said, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Look, the name Jesus simply means God saves, and the angel makes it even clearer what it is that Jesus came to do. He came to save people from their sins. Have you ever thought about that your name actually has a meaning? Look, again, I know that maybe you have the name that you have because it was passed out, because maybe your grandma or your grandpa had that name. Maybe you're even a junior or a second or a third. Or maybe your parents just simply like the name that they gave you. But whatever name you actually have, actually has a meaning to it. Come on, that name that you wrote down on the tag, your actual name, what does that name actually mean? The angel makes it clear here that Jesus means God saves. And with even more clarity, this is the God who saves people from their sins. Church, it is the name of Jesus that speaks to our deepest need. Have you ever thought about what your deepest need is? Kids in the room, your deepest need is not to get that Zelda tears of the kingdom game this Christmas, okay? Families in the room, okay? Your deepest need is not to complete all six versions of Home Alone. Everyone knows only the first two are good anyway. Maybe the sixth one with Harry Potter Kevin gets an honorable mention. Everyone knows only the first two are good, so it's not your deepest need to complete all the Home Alones. Come on, retirees in the room. It's not even your deepest need to just travel around the world and leave a good inheritance for your kids. Church, it is not your deepest need to see your guy in the White House next year. It's not even your deepest need to see interest rates come down. Look, none of those things are necessarily bad things, but they are not your deepest need. Our deepest need is to be saved from our sins and to worship the one and only God. Come on, are you aware of your deepest need? Are you aware that all of us, the Bible says, All of us are born with this problem of sin. Every one of us, it says that, falls short of the glory of God. There are no exceptions. Every single one of us is born with sin. In fact, do this for me, okay? Do this for me. If you're in this room and you are a sinner, raise your hand up, okay? Raise your hand up if you're a sinner, okay? Look, if your hand is not up right now, you just lied in church and confirmed that you are a sinner, Look, the Bible says every single one of us is born with this problem of sin. In fact, Romans 6.23 even says that the wages of sin, our sin, is earning us something. It says that the wages of sin is death. Come on, sin is what produces the brokenness that we see both in us and around us. It produces the brokenness or the emptiness that we still feel inside where so many times, like, we'll try to fix that brokenness or that emptiness with all these other things like religion or relationships or maybe even food or overeating, where we try to fill our bank accounts. But even if we do all those things, like, it still leaves us feeling empty and even broken inside. Look, if you do not know Jesus, the reality is that you are earning death. The Bible even goes as far to say that you are an enemy of God that we can't do something to pay for those sins on our own. We can't pay for what our sins are earning us. The price is too high to pay on our own. No amount of good deeds can save anyone. That's the bad news. But are you ready for the good news? The good news is that God loved us so much that while we were still sinners, he sent this Christ to die for us. This Jesus, who is God, would die on the cross to pay the price for your sins. And yes, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And if we repent of our sin and we believe that this is Jesus, who is God, died on the cross, but he bodily raised from the dead, conquering sin and death and the grave, we repent and believe we actually get to receive, yes, heaven one day, but man, life to the full today. The good news is that the name of Jesus speaks to our deepest need. The name of Jesus speaks about our need for salvation that God saves, that God has made a way in Jesus. If you don't know Jesus yet, what if this is the Christmas that you know the one that was sent for you? What if this is the Christmas that you actually get to know, the one that can actually bring real peace in every single season from now even to eternity? Come on, the name of Jesus means that God saves. He will save his people from their sins. And if that weren't good enough, look what else this name brings. Look back at verse 22. It says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet." He says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Second thing I want to point out about this name is that it said that he shall be called Emmanuel, which simply means that God is with us. That God is with us. Not only does Jesus save us from our sins, but the intro to Jesus' story shows us what it would be that he would do. And that he would actually want to be with us. And now, this isn't some type of middle name, okay? It wasn't like his name was Jesus Emmanuel Christ, okay? This is a title that Jesus would give, was given. Which means that he would actually want to be with us. Have you ever thought about the fact that God may actually want to be with you? that he wants to be with you, even though he knows every single thing about you. Look, he knows the deepest, darkest parts of you that nobody else knows. And he still says, I want to be with you. Look, I know when it comes to the world that Jesus came into, we often sanitize the picture of what Jesus actually came into in the first century. In fact, a lot of times uh, the birth of Christ, the the manger scene kind of looks like this. Uh, where you have all the, the, the perfect lighting in the moment Man, the star is just in the right place Right over there somewhere off in the distance Everyone's clothes are nice and clean and pretty in that moment Even though Mary just gave birth uh, You have little blonde Jesus right there Just relaxing like, like double the size of an average baby You have these animals peacefully laying there Not going to harm your baby I mean, look how close the horns are to your child No one would let that happen and then, of course, you had some naked baby angels flying around up there as well. Oftentimes, we sanitize the picture of the world that Jesus came into. Church, the world that Jesus came into was a world that was broken. It was messy. In fact, even the place where he was born, I don't think the animals were that cute. <laughs> Have you ever been to a zoo or just any place where animals are around? There's some stuff around— That points to how messy an environment is where animals are found. And I think it's a picture of the fact that Jesus came into a messy world, even into our own brokenness. And he saw how messy the world was. He saw how messy our lives were. And he still said, I want to be with them. And the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, means that God wants to be with us. And, and check, out, check out how powerful this is. Look, the angel says to Joseph and would also say to Mary, he would say, do not fear. Don't fear. But then he would say, you're going to call his name Jesus, which means God saves us from our sins. But then he also said, the passage says here, that he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And God being with us means that we don't have to fear like the word says, because he's got you. It means that you can actually have peace in every season. You know, the the Bible word peace is the Hebrew word shalom. And a lot of times people have expressed that word peace or even said that word shalom, meaning that it means the complete absence of conflict, the complete absence of pain. But that Hebrew word shalom actually means to be complete be made whole. It means union with what is good. And so that word shalom actually means that no matter what is happening around you, that you can have peace in that moment. Man, it's Jesus who says he is with us, that says no matter what we're going through, you can have peace. It's what you'll hear some Christians talk about, well right now I have the peace in the middle of the storm. It means that no matter what's happening, if there's conflict in us or conflict around us, we can have this peace that actually transcends understanding. That when you know this Jesus, you remember that he is with you even in the storm. So that if you have to stay in the storm, you can have peace. If he's bringing you through the storm, you can have peace. Jesus being with us. God being with us. means no matter what. You can have shalom, you can have peace. Uh, Many of you know that I've had some car problems this year, all sorts of car problems. And there was a moment when I was in between one of my car problems, when I was going from CarMax over in Virginia Beach where I needed to come here to the church. So I requested an Uber to go from CarMax in Virginia Beach right here to the church on Elbow Road. And during that moment, like the Uber driver that I got, it must've been the most chattiest Uber driver I think I've ever gotten in my entire life. As soon as I got in the car, he started to ask all sorts of questions. He didn't know I was a pastor, didn't know anything about me, but he started to ask me all sorts of questions about things that were going on in the world, telling me his opinion about what was going on in the world. And one of the first things he asked me was, hey hey, man, what, what do you think about AI, okay? What do you think about this artificial intelligence? He was like, I think in a couple years, AI is going to start driving all the Ubers and then eventually are going to take over the government and then they're going to destroy all of us. Do so you think the same thing is going to happen? I was like, man, I don't know, probably. I mean, yeah, it may happen. It could happen. I don't know. Alexa's out there, Siri's out there listening to us all the time. Like, I don't know what's going to happen. But then he asked me this second question, okay? He asked me the second question. He says, man, what do you think about the wars that are happening right now? And he said, the war in Ukraine, uh, the war in Israel, I think the war in Israel just started. And he said, it almost seemed like they, they were just, everything was good for a moment. Then all of a sudden they had bombs flying at their nation. And now there's wars happening. It seems like everywhere. And he says, what if, what if that happens here? And he says, I'm, I'm so worried about that. I'm so concerned about that. I'm so fearful about that. And he said, everyone who I seem to pick up in my car, it seems like they're worried and they're concerned about that as well. I mean, what if that happens to us here? What are we going to do? And he says, are you worried? Are you fearful as well? And I said, Ernest. Ernest was his name. I said, I said, man, I, I do not live with that fear. I said, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. And I know the Bible says, first of all, like when we're, when we're all kind of experiencing like some of the anxiety or worry or fear that comes with those moments where we see these things happening in the world, that the Bible actually calls those things birth pains, where it seems like things are good for a moment, then they get a little worse. Then they're good for a moment, then they get a little worse. Then they're good for a moment, then they seem to get worse and worse and worse. And it's kind of like when someone's in labor and they keep having stronger and stronger contractions until the baby comes. And the Bible tells us when we experience moments like that all around, it's like the world is experienced stronger and stronger contractions until Jesus himself comes back. Because Jesus is coming back. But I also told him, I said, man, the reason why so many people fear, because that points to something deeper. Look, all of us know that this life on earth is going to end at some moment. All of us know that life on earth is going to be over, okay, whether we reach that later, hopefully later time in life, or whether something tragic happens to us. We all know that life is going to end, but we all know, I think, deep down inside that this life on earth is not it. And I said, a lot of times we experience that fear when it's more globally. We experience that fear deep down inside because we don't know what's going to happen to us when this life on earth is over. And I remind him, I said, Ernest, this is the good news, though. Yes, sin causes that brokenness that even can grow into war all around the world. But because of what Jesus did, because he came, our sins can be paid for. And not only that, if we repent and believe and receive. I said, yes, we'll get heaven one day. So if life does end here on earth, when it does, we'll get to be with Jesus. But I said, right now, I said, Ernest, the Bible says that God is with you. That he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to abandon you. So every single moment through every single storm, he's going to be with you. He's never, ever going to leave you. I said, Ernest, you can have the peace that comes with that today. And then he said, look, we've arrived. You're here at the place that you wanted to be. He said, "Uh, you want me to drop you off at the front? I said, yes, man. Then just drop me off at the the front. That's totally fine. And I said, again, I said, man, look, I'm the pastor of this church. Here's an invitation. Man, I want you, you can come anytime, but more than anything, that man, God loves you. Jesus loves you. He wants to be with you. He wants you to experience that peace of him being with you today in every moment for eternity. And I said, anytime, anytime you can repent, believe, and receive. You don't even have to come to church to do that. Church, I've thought about him almost every day and prayed for him almost every single day. But today I was thinking about Jesus coming, man. This means this is the type of peace that he wants for every single one of us. And maybe you're even sitting here today and look, someone invited you, but they want you to experience that peace that comes with knowing Jesus. Look, I've been praying for him, but man, I want all of us to know this Jesus who saves. So no matter what's happening around us, you can remember that he's got you. He's never going to let you go. Come on, church, what's in a name? This name of Jesus saves. This name of Jesus means that he's always with you. He's never going to leave you from this point in time until eternity, and even until the end of the age but one more, okay? Look what's in this name. Look back at verse 16. It says, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus, God saves, he's gonna save his people from, his sin, from their sins, of whom Jesus was born, whom is called Christ. Last one here. What's in the name? How many of you know and remember that this isn't a last name, but it's a title? The name Christ means anointed one it means messiah it means king it means that god rules over us look we try to be the kings and queens of our own kingdom wanting to set up our own kingdom but spoiler alert you are not the point of the story but what a relief what a relief that we're not the point of the story what a relief that we don't actually have to save ourselves What a relief that you don't have to actually try to achieve your own identity. What a relief that you don't have to live this life ever on your own. If you know this Jesus, if you know him, that you have a king, a God, a ruler who's never going to abandon you, who's always with you, and you have a good shepherd who's going to lead you with truth and grace, with truth and love. Jesus came to rule and to reign. He's the coming king who came, and he's also coming again. It's kind of like what the prophet Isaiah would say in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7, where he says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. It's like when the angel said in Luke chapter one, verse thirty, where it says that the angel said to Mary, "Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and you will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus." God saves; He's going to save His people from their sins. And here comes the kingly part: He will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It's like what the Apostle Paul will write to the church in Philippians chapter 2. where He says, Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Come on, church, have you submitted your life to this king? Have you submitted your life to this kingdom? Submitting your life to him doesn't, isn't about what it is that you're actually achieving, but it's, what a, it's all about what you actually receive in Christ. Jesus came to rule and to reign. He is the king who came and who is coming again. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. Look, as our worship team goes ahead and makes their way back up to the stage, on that little name tag that I gave you a little bit earlier, you wrote on there your name on the bottom. But do you know his name? Right now on the top of that name tag... I simply want you to write the name Jesus. Look, I want you to hear something, okay? Your name matters. You matter. In fact, God thought so much about this name that he sent his one and only son to die for you. But your name is not the name that is above every other name. It's Jesus. Do you know him? And if you do, do you remember who he is? Do you remember that he saved you? Do you remember that he's with you? Do you remember that he is the king that we submit our lives to? And maybe in this room today, maybe you don't know him as Lord. And what if this Christmas... What if this Christmas you marked the moment and said, man, this is the Christmas I realize that God has been calling me, that he loves me, and that, yes, my name matters, but it really matters when I'm under this name right here. What if this is the Christmas that you repented and believed and received this Jesus? And if you do know him, but maybe you've walked away in this season— Maybe you've been in this moment where you're like, man, God is the one who abandoned me. No, he's with you. He's never walked away from you. He's been right there with you in the storm, in the pain, in the worry, in the fear. And what if today you remember that? Man, it's not about me trying to build my own kingdom, but I need to submit to his. Come on, church, what's in the name? In the name of Jesus, there is everything. We're going to bow your heads and close your eyes. And maybe today, okay, maybe today, like, that's you. Maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe today you want to mark the moment and say, you know what? I want to give my life to Christ. I want to surrender to Christ. And right here where you are, I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. Again, none of the words aren't magical or anything like that. But just saying, look, today is the day. I know God's been calling me. I know he loves me. I know my life does matter. But I need to submit it underneath the name that is above every other name. He's the only one that can save me from my sins. He's the only one who's gonna be with me from now to eternity. He's the only one that I need to have ruling over me that I need to submit my life to. So if you're ready to ask Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life, right there where you are, would you just pray this simple prayer? Would you say, Jesus, today I repent of my sin. I believe you are God. I believe you died for me. I believe you are Lord. I receive this life that you want for me. And if you just ask Jesus to be the Lord and leader of your life right there where you are, would you just slip your hand up and hold it up for a moment so I can pray for you to slip it up and hold it up there for a moment so I can pray for you. Anybody else? Just raise it up real quick and put it right back down, okay? And then maybe you're sitting in this room today and again, like you know Jesus, but maybe you've walked away. or Maybe you thought, He's abandoned you. What if this Christmas, you mark this moment to say, you know what, I'm gonna return back to the name that is above every other name. I'm not gonna build my kingdom. I'm going to submit to his. And that's you, and man, you're taking a step this Christmas back toward Christ. Would you also raise your hand up real quick so I can pray for you and then put it back down. Raise it back up, raise it up, and then put it back down. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for the name that is above every other name. I thank you, Lord, that in you, Lord, there really is life. God, thank you that in you, our sins are actually forgiven. God, I thank you that in you, Lord, we are never abandoned. We are never forsaken. That you are with us even until the end of the age. In every storm, in every painful moment, our God is with us. Thank you, Lord, that you rule over us. Lord, this name means that we don't have to figure it out on our own, God, that we don't have to achieve, but we receive this life to the full in Christ. God, this Christmas, we celebrate the name that is above every other name in Jesus. In Christ's name, amen.